Welcome to the Upgrade Your Education Business podcast. I'm your host, Samantha. Thank you so much for tuning in today, and I hope that you find this episode useful. If you're new to this podcast, each week I share fluff-free, actionable ideas tailored to education businesses that you can mould to suit your needs. And finally, if you enjoy listening to the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you could leave a review on iTunes or follow and subscribe on whichever platform you choose. Thank you once again for tuning in. Today I'm talking about how to design your business to suit you, your values, your lifestyle or the lifestyle you want instead of creating one that you become a slave to because let's face it, the latter is really easy to slip into. We often start with enthusiasm and excitement, we build our client base and then usually we hit a wall when we realise that we've built a business that relies on us transacting our time for money. Now, if you want to be self-employed, then that works. But if you want to develop a business, be an entrepreneur, then that model simply isn't sustainable. In 2017, I left the teaching profession and it was the first time that I ran a business full time. In the past, in fact, for the best part of 17 years, I always ran it on the side. But there was something else I did for the very first time that made me passionate about helping other people design businesses rather than following a template. Instead of thinking about my next career move or what I wanted to achieve or launch next, I decided what I wanted my life to look like and I worked backwards from that. Instead of moulding my life around my work, I committed to designing my business around my life. And you know what? It's been liberating. I'm finally in a place where I feel like I'm working to live instead of living to work. And most importantly, I'm working entirely on my terms. And although running your business seems like the perfect way to do just that, as you and I know, it's often not the case. So today I'm going to focus on designing our businesses in a way that's driven by our outcomes, instead of moulding our outcomes based on what we think our business can achieve. We've all had those great ideas that we're excited about, We dive straight in and then we lose momentum or steam because it's not sustainable for us. And that's a horrible feeling because you feel like you've somehow failed or it stresses you out because you know it's unfinished and you can't quite find the time to revisit it. In fact, if you're in a position where you're feeling overwhelmed with lots of unfinished tasks, take a listen to last week's episode where Claire Pass, a wellbeing expert, specifically addresses this and talks about open and closed loops in our minds. So for me, designing a business that looks after you and works harder than you for you is a really important topic because not only have I experienced that feeling of not knowing where my business is going, but many of my clients experience it as well. So to help you design your business instead of just creating a job, here's what I'll talk about. I'll start with the importance of being driven by your why, and then I'll talk about how to approach looking for business support, whether it's a course, a coach, a mentor. And then I'll finish with how to select the right clients to target, and it might not be what you think. One thing I find useful is to keep my why front and centre. I'll explain. Ask yourself, why did I set up this business? It could be because you wanted to do things differently instead of how an employer or the culture of a profession wanted you to do things. Maybe you wanted a better work-life balance and to spend more time with family and friends. Maybe you didn't want a cap on your income. 
Either way, when you make this list of why you decide to do this, you might have similarities with other people, but there will be things on your list that are only applicable to you. And although there might be overlaps with other people, the combination of reasons on your list will also be unique. And so when you keep this list at the core of every business decision you make, you achieve two things. Firstly, it enables you to create the business that you wanted all along. Of course, as life changes, your why will evolve as well. But it still remains that if you keep it at the core of all decisions, you'll design a business that gives you everything you want from it. And secondly, it helps you stand out because you're no longer doing things based on a formula that you've come across or mimicking other people in your industry. You're listening to your intuition and being driven by your unique why. So inevitably, you will stand out. And really, that's at the core of creating a brand, which is something Colette Stevenson and I explored in episode two of this podcast. So, so far, we want to make a list of all the reasons why we set up our business. We want to include all the things we want from it. And when you have that list, you can think about the different ways to achieve it. For instance, let's say one of the things on your list is to have a better work-life balance and to spend more time with your loved ones. You can look at your business and analyse all the things you could change or adapt to achieve that goal. For example, you could reduce your admin by streamlining and automating. And by the way, that doesn't always mean spending money. So you can do it regardless of your budget. So let's say you've streamlined your client onboarding or automated your invoicing. Although this may only save you a small amount of time per week or per day, shaving time from multiple activities is how you release a larger amount of time in total. Streamlining and automating has been crucial to me being able to claw back time. So in a couple of weeks, I'll be dedicating an episode to lots of free and paid solutions. Remember to subscribe or follow this podcast now so you don't miss it. Now, sticking with this aim to improve your work-life balance and to spend more time with loved ones, there are loads of other ways you might be able to achieve it. Aside from streamlining and automating, another way could be to take on fewer clients and or squeeze them into fewer days. This is actually something I've been doing in the tuition side of my business over the last couple of years, but I have bills to pay and this is my livelihood. So as well as reducing my delivery hours, I also increased my prices so that I could afford that reduction. And there are so many more ways that you can achieve that one goal. And the point I'm making here is that the way to design a business, especially for you, is to start with your why. But another thing is to be strategic and picky about what kind of business support you seek. And this is really important, especially if you haven't really invested in support before. Because if you choose the wrong kind of support at a stage where you are already feeling shaky about investing that time and money, that bad experience could put you off. However, investing in the right support can really accelerate your growth and help you form a strategy that works for you. A lot of us instinctively look at someone who has achieved what we want to achieve or someone who's wildly successful in our industry and assume that if we take support from them, then they'll be able to show us how they did it. And we're not wrong because they can show us. But here's the sticking point, And I learned this the hard and expensive way. If we choose a coach, a mentor or a course based on that, 
most of us won't succeed. And I know that's a really bold claim, but I've seen it time and time again with myself and with other people. And in my opinion, this often happens because of two reasons. Firstly, instead of thinking about what we need based on our why or on how we best learn and work, we base our decision on what that coach or mentor or course can offer. So it's a subtle difference, but an important one, because we need to be driven by our needs first, not our aspirations, but our needs. And when we do that, we find support that we can mould and adapt rather than following one way of doing things. Importantly, just because something works for me, it doesn't mean that it's going to work for you and vice versa. So when you make decisions based on your needs, you can actually choose a form of support that will help you find alternatives and reroute if the path that you're going down isn't quite working. If you base your decision on what your coach has achieved or the formula a course provides, you risk being exposed to only one way of doing things and if it doesn't work, you don't have a way to reroute. And the second reason why this approach often doesn't work is because we assume that if someone hasn't achieved what we want to achieve, then they don't know how to. We don't consider that perhaps they know exactly how to achieve that, but they just didn't want it from their business. So a great way to choose support that suits you is to have conversations. Most courses and mentors and coaches offer tasters or a one-to-one call. And this is a great opportunity to assess whether they have enough breadth, not just depth, to guide you in finding ways to fulfil your list of whys. I recently had a discovery call with a business coach for my development. And what really helped me understand whether or not we'd be compatible, not only in terms of the two of us, but with what I wanted from my business, was to actually explain what I was looking for, why I was looking for it and how I like to work. And then I let the coach explain what they offered and their approach. And just by listening to what they were saying and what they were suggesting, I was able to get a solid understanding of whether or not they were right for me. And what I was looking for was someone who would ask me the right questions instead of just offering me solutions and someone who would give me springboards for ideas instead of fixed ones. So when you want to design a business that fits you like a glove, keeping your why at the heart of everything is crucial and so is choosing the right kind of support, support that has room for flexibility and is compatible with how you like to learn and work. At the start of this episode, I mentioned that I would also talk about the importance of working with the right clients. I wanted to include this because our businesses don't exist if we don't have clients. And so having a clear idea of who you want to work with is important. Now, I'm sure you've come across exercises on defining your target audience. But today I want to flip that around. Instead of defining what your ideal customer looks like, think about what you want to feel when you work with them. Because someone could tick all the boxes of what your ideal client looks like, but there might be some small things that don't quite fit with what you want from your experience as a business owner. The best way I can demonstrate how this can work is by giving you an example of a recent conversation I had with a potential client. One of the things I want from my business is fulfillment. When I was a teacher, when I worked as a business trainer for corporate companies, I didn't have a choice in who I worked with. Sometimes it was great, but sometimes it was stressful because we simply weren't compatible. But somehow I had to make it work. 
So with my why in mind, I decided that I would only work with people who I wanted to work with. Even if it meant earning less, I committed to saying no if I didn't think that I would be fulfilled by working with that person. So the other day, someone booked a free discovery call with me because they wanted one-to-one mentoring to help them launch group classes. So I did my usual of finding out more about their business and why they specifically wanted to go down the group class route. And my first alarm bell rang when they asked me to email them the list of the questions that I was asking and that they would email the answers back to me. And the reason why this stood out is because I only work with people who want to form something that's completely tailored to them. And so the questions that I ask aren't fixed. I don't have a script or a questionnaire. And when we started talking about ways to bring this group class idea to life and how they could take that to market, they again asked for a worksheet or a booklet that would just show them how to do it step by step. So this person wanted a formula And there's nothing wrong with that. Some of us prefer to have a completely structured approach, but I don't offer formulas. So I paused our conversation and told this client that I wasn't sure if I'd be right for them and maybe they could look for a course instead. Now they insisted that they wanted to work with me, which was great. And I could see us working together, but just not at this stage. And that's pretty much what I said. Now I want more clients, of course I do. But I'm also stubborn in a good way because I refuse to compromise or negotiate on how I want to feel as a business owner. When you're starting out or are low on clients, the idea of saying no is really scary. In fact, it feels counterproductive. But remember, you've decided to develop a business, not to create a job. If you end up working with people you don't really want to work with or work in a way where you don't feel fulfilled, You may as well work for an employer. It's less headache, the perks are better, and you don't have to worry about getting your own clients. Whereas if you keep your why front and centre, if you seek adaptable business support and choose who you want to work with, you're taking that first important step towards designing a business on your terms, which, let's face it, is the primary reason most of us chose to set up a business in the first place. So if you're still with me, here are three things to do now. Number one, start by deciding whether you want to be self-employed or to be an entrepreneur. The way I'm distinguishing between these is, let's say you're a private tutor. If you just want to teach and get paid, but don't fancy doing all the activities that are needed to attract clients, launch new products or services, then essentially you want that to be your job. And you could be self-employed, you could get work from agencies, or you could seek employment. But if you want to design a business and you find that exciting, then move on to step two. My step two is to dig deep and make a list of what you want out of your business. Try and avoid monetary goals at this stage because money is an enabler for the other reasons. So think about how you want to feel. Think about what you want your days, weeks, months to look like. And step three is to analyse your business and see how you can tweak things to start fulfilling that list. It could come in the form of reshuffling your schedule. You may need to streamline your processes. You may need to automate certain tasks to reduce admin so that you can focus on having a life or working on income generating activities. 
You may need to invest in support to unravel exactly what you can do or to accelerate reaching your outcomes. So I hope that was useful and I hope that's given you some food for thought in how you can design your business instead of thinking about what it needs to look like. Now, if you're a tutor, you'll be interested in the discussion I'm sharing next week. Charlotte Watson from Wonderlearn and I recorded a conversation a while back dedicated to the group tuition model. In this episode, we'll be addressing six common questions and they are, number one, how do I transition to group classes if I'm new to it or known for one-to-one teaching? Number two, how do I decide how much to charge? Number three, what happens if students are at different attainment levels? Number four, how should I manage all the admin like taking bookings and payments? Number five, how do I ensure interactivity and seeing student work if I'm teaching online? And number six, how do I attract parents and students who are fixed on one-to-one teaching being the best solution? So in the meantime, if you enjoyed this episode, please do take a moment to leave a review and share it with anyone who you think would find it useful.